Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with the mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether five, eight, or ten dollars, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there. The other thing is the call to prayer. That was something to be in Fez, in those places with the call to prayer. It was amazing just the energy that changed during those calls to prayer. It was really palpable and alive and you felt the culture. It's really an amazing thing to experience. Welcome to the Destination Morocco podcast, the show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azadine El Mustakim. In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities, real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself. Our goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to Morocco. Our company, Destination Morocco, builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like a local. Follow us at destinationmorocco.co. And now, let's go exploring. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Destination Morocco podcast. In today's episode, we have Chantal Rosenthal with us. She just came back from Morocco with her family. Chantal, would you please let the audience know how the idea of traveling to Morocco with your family came about? So my daughter is teaching English for a year in France, and we were all going to go visit her. My daughter is Emma, 25. My son Isaac, 21, is in college, and my son Noam, 18, is in high school. And so this was like the perfect timing to go, and Emma did not want to stay in France for two weeks because she's there for a year. So she wanted someplace exciting. And my husband has always wanted to go to Morocco. So I'm like, okay, this is it. I didn't want to go north because it was winter. So I'm like, it has to be south. We were talking about Spain and Portugal, but I was like, if we're going to do Morocco, this is the perfect time because Isaac, my son in college, is taking Arabic. And he's actually applying for the Fulbright to Morocco. Oh, nice. So it sort of was like, well, it all pointed towards Morocco. Nice. 
Thank you. Thank you for choosing Morocco and thank you for choosing us. So how did you feel when you reached out to us and how was the itinerary for you, including the activities and things that we have chosen for you? I initially, I'm a podcast person, and we had gone right before COVID to Peru for the Inca Trail as a family. Oh, wow. And I listened to a podcast when we were doing that, and I'm like, maybe there's a podcast on Morocco. And so I searched it, and that's how I found you. I listened to all the episodes. We've been to Africa before, but I did not plan it. It was a tour. It was with the entire family, my husband's brother's family too. And I was concerned about traveling to Morocco, just navigating. And then the first episode I listened to was the woman who traveled alone. Yes. And her problems navigating, Uh. although they were minimal, were too much for me. Just because we have a limited time and I have five people. So when I listened to the podcast, I listened to the one and I think I reached out to you right away and I looked at different trips and I just felt comfortable with you. And I was nervous about feeling comfortable with you because all scammers you feel comfortable with. And so, uh, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm doing this. And I never have really done an organized tour before besides the previous one we did to Africa and I had nothing to do with the planning. So we chose you. When it came down to the actual trip, We had Elias, who is a dream. And I have to tell you, you don't realize the planning that's involved until you get to Marrakesh. (laughs) Everything seems so seamless everywhere we went until we got to Marrakesh. I mean, it's just you didn't realize the chaos of Morocco, which is what I expected. Yes. Like we went to Rabat and that was the day the soccer team arrived. And so it was chaos, but it did not seem like chaos to us because everything was planned so well. It was just when we got to Marrakesh, we realized how much value we got from the planning that you guys did. Thank you especially Sam and Elias, they deal with last minute changes, things that behind the scene that nobody is aware of and we don't even talk about it to the clients. And the perfect example is Casablanca. You had an amazing experience. Casablanca was day one for us. And what was really nice is that we had spent a few days in Paris before. So we were on the same time zone because we're coming from the West Coast. And that was really key for us because the flights are so bad coming from the West Coast of the United States. Yeah. So Casablanca, we're Jewish. And so going to the mosque, that mosque was like amazing. (laughs) And the stories were amazing. I have to say the most impressive part of that mosque for me was the washroom. 
Oh my God. Yes, yes. We have pictures. The marble. Right. It's like yes. incredible. Oh, and to yeah. imagine all those people down there, because I mean, there are, I don't know, a hundred of those mushroom type washrooms. Yes. I mean, the whole mosque was really amazing. It was very impressive. And of course, with our guide, Khalil. Yeah, Khalid. And his daughter was guiding him. He made it, I mean, you felt his love for the mosque and yes. for Morocco. I mean, it was just a really great way to start everything off. It's such a beautiful place. Oh, absolutely. So how was your experience in uh, the Blue City, Shif Shawan? And, and also how was your stay at Dar Shawan, at the Riyadh that we have chosen for you, Chantal? It was amazing. The place we stayed at was really amazing with great views and very comfortable because we had three kids in one room, which was two rooms and three beds, and then us in a separate room and two little balconies. I mean, it was really spectacular. And then Chef Shawin, we appreciated things more as time went on. Oh, I see. Just seeing how you have planned things, it all seemed spontaneous. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like yeah. Elias makes it sound more spontaneous than it is. That's the benefit of having a tour leader with you. The suggestions that they make, the recommendations, when you have somebody as experienced as Elias and they know what they're doing on a daily basis and they've done it for time and again for years, I highly recommend whatever they suggest. Escape to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention and unforgettable adventures. From the enchanting streets of Marrakesh to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions, and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, destinationsmorocco.com, that's destinations with an S, morocco.com, and reserve your spot today. I think that Elias could be the most popular person in Morocco. Oh, he, he is, for sure, yes. Right. Everywhere we went, every, he knew everybody. And, I mean, it would be like walking down the street and people would stop him. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's from my town or he's from, you know. I mean, it was really amazing. And, and rightly so. There's so much to say about him. It's pretty incredible. I'm glad you have requested him and I'm glad that he was available for you. Thank you for saying the same thing that a lot of the guests have said before and just reaffirm uh, you have your guide, Elias, in this case, tour leader. Then you have your car and driver all the time. They are available for you 24 seven, right. just in case something happens, just in case emergencies and stuff, they're right there for you. Right. Ahmed was our driver. I have never seen a professional driver like that. Thank you. I mean, really, he was, you felt totally safe. We learned so many new hand gestures. Eli was like, 
I don't think I could drive here. <laughs> he's like, there are so many unwritten rules. Yes. And he's constantly like gesturing different things of how to get around. I know he's incredible. And what I like about him, this is what Dan and Sierra said in that episode, that he's very visible to them. So, I mean, he'll follow them. They cannot see him, but he's following them behind. So whenever they say, hey, what is that van? They just turn around and he's right there for them. Right. So how was your stay in Fas? How was your experience in Fas? And also, how was the Riyadh that we have chosen for you in Fas? This is what I was looking forward to in this interview. It's you talking to us about Fas. Well, Fas was probably my favorite part. It's such an interesting city. And I like gritty. You feel that you feel real people when you're in Morocco. You don't feel tourist here. You yes. know, I mean, there are tourists, but I mean, like we were walking through the little passageways and there's a picture of all of us in one passageway. And of course, we're like, how do you get a refrigerator? in here. <laughs> you know, that's our like number one question <laughs> is, first of all, you look around and the electricity is all around the outside. I mean, it's just like amazing how old yes. it is. And I'm sure Elias told you, we really helped the Fez economy oh, yes. when we were there. We went to the pottery place where they have the couscous bowls. And that was amazing. You didn't feel bad about buying something with the places that you took us to. You felt like, A, the workers were taken care of. They were being paid a real wage. You felt like it was quality. Yes. I think Eli bought a table there, oh, nice. but I have no idea. <laughs> I was focused on my couscous bowl. <laughs> and I knew the difference because I chose one that sort of looked old a little bit. He said that was how they made it with like pits. They fired it in olive pits, burning olive pits, which I'm really excited about. We haven't gotten it yet. And every day I'm looking for <laughs> it. But uh, seeing the whole process, it was amazing to imagine those people. They're doing these fountains backwards. Yes. Like they can't see the mosaic that they're creating. They just know yes. it. It was stunning. So I mean, that was part of it. And the other thing is the call to prayer. I mean, that was something to be in Fez, ah. in, in those places with the call to prayer. And like we have been to Israel and Eli's cousin's house in Israel is right by a mosque. Oh, wow. When they do the call to prayer, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. This is in Israel. I mean, and Eli's like, yeah, it's recorded, you know? <laughs> and so when this would come up, it wasn't recorded and it wasn't always the best voice <laughs> in the place, but it was amazing just the energy yes. that changed during those calls to prayer. It was really palpable and alive and you really felt the culture and everything like that. It's really an amazing thing to experience. And we experienced it like six or seven times. It was great. And then, of course, the tanneries. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. It's like you see the dye pits, which I guess is some photo that everybody's seen except me. <laughs> But it's more like looking around and you see all the hides hanging from everywhere. 
And the smell, you know, I think I still smell it. (laughs) I think (laughs) there was something embedded in me after that. But I bought a jacket. My daughter bought a jacket. And we bought two poofs. And Eli is kicking himself for not buying more poofs. He loved it. He loved it. Oh, and we bought a bunch of belts for the boys. Nice. Fess is is the best place to get leathers in Morocco. It's in terms of price. In terms of quality, it's second to none. And also just to add to what you have said about the hides, the hide, you can see them there in different colors, you know, the white, the yellow, and that's the process. They go from one stage to the next stage until they are ready to be shipped and cut and designed. The leather from Fast, you can find it globally. That small place produces so much leather. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and going up through there is incredible. Yeah, I knew first you're going to like it because of the history, because of its 11th century, 9th century old city. So there's a lot of history into it. Then the downtown, you've been there, you know, you cannot travel too fast by yourself. You always have to have somebody with you. It's easier really to get lost. So, and then also the Jewish quarter, the Jewish synagogues. I'm not sure if you have done some of that, but if you can share some of that experience with us, Chantal, it'd be great. We started off at the palace, which I think is really close to the Jewish quarter. Yes, they're right there. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I thought. Yes. So then we went through the Jewish quarter. They say the Jews have balconies. Yes. And the Muslims have the inner courtyards. Yes. It's funny because if you go through the Jewish quarter, then you go through the neighborhoods, you'll see a lot of just walls. Some of them don't even have windows. And then when you go inside, Incredible gardens, incredible designs and houses and riyads inside. It's amazing. And I like that about the experience in Morocco of the humility of keeping everything hidden to not make people feel less than. And I just can't tell you how wonderful it was. It was really like learning a lot about the culture and it puts things in perspective from an American point of view. I mean, we're, we're terrible. We're (laughs) terrible. It's, it's the media. Right, right. (laughs) But no, it's like you just see, for example, when we went out to dinner, they would bring like the place we went to in Rabat. First of all, anytime you're sitting on a couch, you feel so much better. Yes, yeah. It's just so much more relaxing. But they gave you so much food that you're like, we can't (laughs) eat all of this, you know? So you're like, what are they doing with this extra food? And Elias is like, don't worry. It's not going to waste. You know, somebody's taking it home. Yes. So that felt better. But I think it just gives you perspective. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The place that he ate in Rabat is called Dar Naji mm-hmm. restaurant. Yeah, it's a really, really nice place. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and also you, the area where you had your dinner, the restaurant you had your dinner in Fas, it's called Zagura and Pali Faraj, and it has really, really nice view. Uh, can you tell us about that dinner experience in Fas, please? Oh, yeah. So that palais that we went to was fantastic. It was sort of difficult because we didn't have the full perspective yet of where we were and everything. First of all, they served alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So that was something. I mean, like alcohol is not that big of a deal to us, but it was nice. They served alcohol and, you know, it was nice to vary what we ate. 
rather than just tan jeans all the time to have a variety. And I thought that was really nice to have that. Plus, that place was just amazing, the Palais. Palais Farage. Right. And it wasn't far from our Riyadh, which was really nice, too. And the Riyadh there, I love them. They were just so accommodating. It's a family-owned. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't know who is who. <laughs> it's the daughter. Okay, the daughter. Yeah, the daughter take care of it. Yes, yes. Okay. And then does her son work there? Yes. Yeah, really nice kid. I mean, the whole place was really nice. It just worked out perfectly for us because we were lower and the kids were up and they had that big balcony and then an upper balcony where you could just see all over. Nice. The breakfasts were great. And yeah, it was a very nice stay because we were there for, I think, three nights. Yes, yes, for three nights, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask you a, a question, please, Chantal. When we create an itinerary, this is something that we changed. We used to have dinner either at the Riyadh or the hotel, whatever you're staying, but we changed it to having it outside the Riyadh. Does that make a difference? I know a lot of people, they travel quite a bit. So they're kind of tired of hotel food and stuff like that. They want something different. So we try to have a local experience in each city, even though it's still Morocco, but it, each city has its own culture, its own the way of making the dishes and the food. And some dishes are really specific to certain cities. How did you feel about having that experience outside the Riyadh when it comes to dinner versus having it inside? Which one would have been better for you? Well, what was sort of interesting was that there were only three of us that went outside the Riyadh and there were two of us that stayed inside the Riyadh because they were too tired and the meals are long. Yes. They're hours. It's an experience. Right, right. And so they were like, we don't want another three-hour dinner, <laughs> you know? And so we're like, fine. So they were happy to eat inside the Riyadh. That was my daughter, Emma, and my youngest, Noam. But Isaac is the one that speaks Arabic, and he's learning. So he loved all of it. Everybody loved him because he spoke Arabic. <laughs> And the thing was, is like, they don't really speak Arabic. They speak Jerisha. Yes, Darija. You're right. Yes, that is correct. And so I would be able to pick up a lot of words because a lot of it is French. So yes, yes, that was really fun. But yeah, I don't know what's better, but it was nice to have something different. My daughter and son were fine with the tangines and stayed there. They just wanted to like chill out. Day two, we went to the hammam. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And we did the cooking class. We are complicated. I mean, that was the thing is we're a complicated family. My <laughs> middle son has to skateboard. My younger son has to spend Saturdays praying. And yes. my daughter has to get a run in or she freaks out. <laughs> so we had everybody moving. My daughter, Eli, and I went to the hammam. Isaac went to go skateboard and Noam stayed at the Riyadh. The hammam was an experience that I think everybody has to do. I mean, that would be illegal in the United States. <laughs> uh, 
that woman took off so much skin. I was like, oh my God, I should be doing this like every week. <laughs> I still feel good from that experience. And then we went to cooking class. Yes. It was really fun. First, the granddaughter took us shopping, and we thought she was teaching the cooking class. Oh, no, it's the grandmother who's carrying yes. five huge couscous bowls. It was just funny because my kids have not cooked that much, you know? And so she's like telling us, cut this. And they're just like, what? How do you want us to cut this, you know? And then we'd cut it and it, oh, no, 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 you're cutting it too small. <laughs> that was a really great experience because it was just sort of low-key day. Yes, Everybody yes. got their needs met and it was really fun. I'm glad to hear that. How was the experience for you in the, uh, the desert camp, please, Chantal? Close your eyes and imagine the warm desert breeze kissing your skin as you wander through the narrow streets of Marrakesh. Feel the excitement as you lose yourself to the vibrant colors of the souks, where every corner holds a treasure waiting to be discovered. Experience the thrill of adventure as you traverse the majestic Sahara Desert on a camelback, with nothing but endless dunes stretching before you. Experience Morocco. Feel alive. Get 15% off all small group tours. Visit our website, destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com. Use the word 15 as a discount code at checkout and reserve your spot today. Well, cold. <laughs> it yeah. was definitely cold once the sun went down. So that was Christmas Day. We made the big mistake of not buying Jellabas before going there. We bought them after. <laughs> But it was really fun, you know, walking in on the camels. And when you get there, you're like, oh, boy, here it is. This is going to be the tourist part, you know. <laughs> and, and granted, it is. But it's like we only had two other families with us, both Jewish. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it's Christmas. Who's yes, going to go yes. there on Christmas? And one of them actually was doing work in Portland and stuff like that. So it was interesting. Oh, wow small world. And that's exactly yes, what Morocco is, is you feel like you're constantly in a small world. I thought it was really great. They did drums. Yes. And that was fun and singing. I mean, it was just a beautiful spot. It was really good to experience the Sahara. I don't yes. know if I could have spent two days there. You know what I mean? I think it was the right amount of time and the boys really enjoyed riding in the back of a pickup truck on the way back. Like They loved that. That was like so <laughs> much fun. But it was a really nice experience. Those tents were wonderful. We enjoyed it a lot. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, the Sahara Desert, it really changes between summer and winter. People don't think it gets really that cold, but it does. But also in the winter, you have better view when it comes to the sky. Right. It's much clearer. It's much brighter. The stars are just incredible. I'm so glad that you had that experience. Yeah, the stars were incredible. 
it was almost oppressive. Like you see so many stars that you start having a panic attack because <laughs> you realize how insignificant you are, you know? So oh my gosh, yes, yes. It was incredible. And also I want to ask you if you have noticed the color change for the sand. When you go in towards the camp with the sun going down, it does change color. Right, in the shadows. Yes. You feel like you're on a movie set. You feel like you're in a movie. It's just amazing to imagine the thousands of miles of these sand ah, dunes. Yes. And you really feel that as the sun goes down and the color changes. We woke up early for the sunrise. That was really spectacular, too, and it was just warming up. <laughs> you could feel the temperature rise with every little movement of the sun. Oh, my gosh, yes. So now we're going to go to Ait bin Haddu, which is the Kasbah. That's where they have filmed Game of Thrones, a lot of other movies. Yeah, so my youngest son, Noam, is completely into Gladiator and Game of Thrones. And like he was like, <laughs> we are going here. For me, personally, the most impressive part was where they show you all the tools they use, the keys that they use, yes. the wooden keys. Yes. That was really interesting to me. But what was great was we were there with very few people. When we were leaving, the buses started yes. to arrive. And it was like frightening. We were just like, oh, thank God. Yes. When I visited it, Ben Haddu, I live 45 minutes away from it. That's where my village is. But I did it at 8 a.m. And that's the best way to do it. The same thing happened with me because as soon as I was leaving, my gosh, everything got so busy and it definitely right. changes the experience. And also a lot of people don't know, but there's people living in there. It's a private place. Wow. Yes, yes. It's a private place. And I got a chance to go in, you know, because we are locals and we speak the language. You can go in, but just don't walk inside the fields because it damages the crops. Super nice people. And it's an amazing sight. When the buses come in, you know, it's 50 people, 100 people. In three hours, it becomes like 500, you know, sure. 600 people. Then it just changes the whole things. Yeah. Right. Well, when you go to Marrakesh, you see all the offers to take you there, you know, all the bus offers and everything. And the other thing was, is like, it was cold at 8 a.m. At 9 a.m. it was fine. It just warmed up so quickly. I have my two sons in their jalabas. Jalaba, yes. For me, that's the best way to dress up, especially in winter, because a jacket, even two pairs of pants, you still get cold. But the jalaba really protects you from head to toe. And then you have the hoodie, which, you know, I have a bald head. So it's really, really important for me. <laughs> right, right. Well, I have to tell you, it's like the most functional garment ever. I mean, just the <laughs> fact that you can reach your pockets inside is genius. And a lot of them have pockets and still you can reach inside. Yeah, I, I really regretted not getting one when we were in the Sahara because it is the perfect garment for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we move from Ait bin Haddu going through the Atlas Mountains and then we reach Marrakesh, which is our hub and that's uh, where we have our office. Can you tell us about your experience in Marrakesh? I know you did some sightseeing in Major El Garden and a few other things. If you can share that experience with us. And also in Marrakesh, you stayed at the Riyadh. There's two brothers that they were working. If you can include that experience with the two brothers, I believe it was Murad and uh, Sufyan. 
I have to tell you that Riyadh, it was really interesting to stay there because you get an appreciation for all the different places we stayed and the transition of a Riyadh and Fez compared to this Riyadh that I believe was it a Spanish couple or a Belgian. One was a designer that redid it. And so it was very modern and chic and everything like that. And those brothers were the nicest people ever. We were talking to them of like, how do you find a Riyadh? I mean, how out of all these places? And he said that Elias and Sam were going door to door, finding a place. And it's really like you had an appreciation for the relationships that you and Elias and Sam have built in the country. You found the best of the best. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, they were just so attentive and so great, those two brothers. It was like really amazing. Our final dinner was there at their Riyadh. The restaurant, yes. They made this chicken tangine that I swear to God was the best one we had anywhere. (laughs) It was fantastic. I mean, everybody's like, what? You did this? I mean, it was incredible. I don't know if they had their mother in to do it or what, but it was incredible. I think it's the grandma. Okay, yes. I'm like, I could eat this every day. It was so good. It was with the green olives. And anyhow, I loved that place. They were great. So when we drive into Marrakesh, Elias is like, welcome to the Bangkok of Morocco. (laughs) I mean, after coming from all over the place where it's calm, you know, we've been on the calm side of Morocco and you get to Marrakesh and you are just like overstimulated by these motorcycles. I mean... The motorbikes are just something crazy. Elias is like, okay, everybody stay to the right. (laughs) Just stay to the right when you're walking (laughs) down these and they won't hit you. And I mean, it takes a lot of faith. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yes, yes. I was sticking to the right like you wouldn't believe. And then we went to the first night to a restaurant. That's where we met Sam. And the food was completely different. You know, it was like Western food. And they had alcohol after coming from everywhere we had been. And that was the thing, too, is that with Elias, he was able to really negotiate the crowds in different places. You never felt really tourist. So that was the first day. On the second day, we took a tour of Marrakesh and went to the... The uh, Majorel Garden. Now, that was spectacular. That was really something. I'm not a plant person, but my husband is. My favorite part, of course, the gardens were beautiful, but that Berber Museum was incredible. It just really gave some perspective and was really interesting A lot of it because you see a lot of Jewish influence or influence on the Jews. I don't know which way it goes. Yes. (laughs) It really was spectacular to see. And overall, it was incredible. The gardens were great. I'm so glad to hear that. What else can you share with us when it came to to Marrakesh? These were where we realized the benefits of being with Destination Morocco. It was a restaurant where we went for lunch and they cooked the lambs in this underground oven. 
Oh, yes, yes. It's called Mishui. <laughs> yes. Okay. So he was the son of the king's cook? Yes, I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, just to emphasize what you're saying, in Morocco, if you don't know somebody, it really makes massive, huge difference when you know someone. So it changes the experience. I know exactly what you're saying, Chantal, and I completely agree. Yeah. So we go there. It is packed. I mean, it is packed. There are people all over the place waiting to get in. And Elias says, now I go to work. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, a table appears for us. I don't know what he did, but we get two tables next to each other. And there's nothing to eat there except lamb and a salad and bread. And I don't eat lamb. So he gets me chicken from someplace. I don't know where, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, it was crazy. They could not stop raving about that meat. Oh, wow. All four of my family, they were just like, that was such an impressive meal. It was crazy. And just to see the ovens, I mean, that's the other thing. We walk right in there and look down into the ovens, you know, as if we work there. Oh, wow. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it was really delicious. And like, we would have never found that place. And we would have waited four hours to actually sit down and eat there if it were up to us. Oh, wow. So we, we got a lot of things covered. Is there anything that I'm missing from the trip? Yeah. The one thing that I think was important was my daughter had a gum infection. I remember. (laughs) Yes. Yes. She thought she was going to lose her two front teeth, which would have been horrible. So we're going to Marrakesh and she wanted to see a dentist. And we had stopped already and gotten her antibiotics But it wasn't really going away and it was bothering her. And so Elias got us an appointment with a dentist, which was incredible. She got this numbing cream and like we had our daughter back (laughs) for the last three days. I'm so glad to hear that. It was just, you know, I mean, to be dealing with these things, it was really fantastic. I felt like this was the last time, you know, or potentially the last time we would have an opportunity to just have our family on a trip. You know, there'll be boyfriends or wives and things like that. And so it made it very special. It's going to have a lot of sentimental value six months from now. You're going to look at those pictures and Mm -hmm. they're going to bring so much, so many memories. Right, right. It's just such a great country. Thank you. So varied. Yes, yes. You know, every place is so different and has its own characteristics. And being on the Atlantic and the Mediterranean, I mean, I think we'll definitely be back. The variety of culture in there is just amazing. Like when we were at the Casbah. Yeah. There was an old lady walking and I was cold and she could see I was cold. And she said something to me and she said, Trico. Trico, yes. Which I know <laughs> means jacket in French. And I'm like, yes, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I need, you know. And it was, it's just like, it felt comfortable. People worry about safety. And I can't say I was ever worried about safety One night we were late after the cooking class in Fez with Elias. And it was like, I could tell he was on guard. 
Yes. Because it was pretty empty. So I was like, okay, (laughs) we got to pay attention. But yeah, he's really something special. And we felt like we got in, in your sweet spot. You know what I mean? Because there's no doubt that things are going to blow up for you because it's such, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And like the whole thing was, is the podcast that had the couple from Utah that really helped me. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad. Because they were on a similar trip and like the whole thing about tips Like, that's really confusing for us, you know, just because it's so hard to figure out every time of who you're doing, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, we really enjoyed it. And the other thing I have to say is we were with Elias and Ahmed for 10 straight days. And it was like, we got along with them at the end. (laughs) I mean, and each other. That is huge. I mean, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of together time. Oh, it is. It is. This concludes the episode. And I really, really, really appreciate it, Chantal. Thank you. Well, we wish you the best. Thank you so much. My regards to the fam. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast. Our dedicated show website, DestinationMoroccoPodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five-minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then. You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com That's destinations with an S, morocco.com And let us turn your dreams into reality. Your amazing Moroccan experience awaits.